Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Thursday, February 1st. Happy National Freedom Day, which celebrates when Lincoln signed the resolution proposing the 13th Amendment, which outlawed slavery, which I support. Outlawing slavery, I mean. Because me not being God and all, I figure I ain't got no right to make nobody do nothing. Like I'm always saying, the worst sin you can commit is to impose your will on others. That's the real God's prerogative, and even he almost never does it. That's why 2 Peter 4.15 calls busybodies evildoers and equates them with thieves and murderers. Because most of what we put people in prison for stems from the belief that it's okay for me to decide for you, which it ain't. And that's a hard word for most of us, because most of us are busybodies. It's the core doctrine of our modern beast system cancel culture religion. I worked in mental health and social work for 11 years, and trust me, I was surrounded by authoritarian control freaks. Then I went to church on Sunday and was surrounded by a different set of busybodies. Almost everybody you meet is positive they can live your life better than you. None of them will agree on how, but they'll darn sure make you comply if you let them. Thankfully, I'm no longer part of that religion. Now my philosophy is leave people alone. You see that guy over there? Leave him alone. He ain't bothering you. If he starts hitting you or costing you money or parking in your yard, then you can do something. You want to evangelize him? Knock yourself out. You get to say pretty much anything to anybody that wants to hear it. Otherwise, leave people alone. I know that's pure heresy to the woke government religion and the worldly churchianity denominations of the beast system, but I think I'll stick by 2 Peter and leave all the enslaving to them. Our reading for today is Exodus 13, 17 through 15, 18, Matthew 21, 23 through 46, Psalm 26, 1 through 12, and Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. So if y'all are ready, besides, I kind of like being a beast system heretic. What are they going to do, kick me out of hell? But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday on the 31st in the Old Testament, we read Exodus 12, 14 through 13, 16. And God is in the process of giving them the instructions for the Passover. And he told them to celebrate it every year. And this is fraught with symbolism. The meek little lamb represents Christ and his blood that covers us. And the solemn eating of the lamb, the whole thing, not just the parts you want. You got to take the cross and the yoke with the blessings. And seven days they eat unleavened bread. They're not even allowed to have leaven in the house, which speaks to removing sin completely. And verse 22 says they are to take some hyssop branches and paint the blood on the door. And the blood is not part of the yearly ritual. That's just one time only. And hyssop is used as a cleaning agent and is symbolic of ritual cleansing. In Psalm 51, David says, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. And John mentions that when the Roman soldiers offered Jesus a drink of wine vinegar on a sponge at the end of a stalk, it was a stalk of hyssop. So find some kind of in-depth study on the Passover because there's a lot going on here. In verse 29, the angel comes through and does what he does. And there was not a house where there was not one dead. And Pharaoh rose up in the night and called Moses and Aaron and basically could not get rid of the Jews fast enough. Verse 33 says the Egyptians were urgent. They were willing to make any concession, just get out. So they left. About 600,000 men plus their families journeyed from Ramesses to Sukkoth or Sukkot, about eight miles on foot. So maybe like two or maybe five million people, who knows. 
and a mixed multitude went up also with them. So apparently some of the Egyptians had had enough too and went with them. In verse 41, 430 years to the day they lived in Egypt. 30 good years, 400 enslaved. Just like we read in Genesis was going to happen. Then in chapter 13, God gives them some rules about sanctifying their firstborn, children and cattle. And the idea is, God's saying, you see what I just did to the firstborn of Egypt, right? A people that I loved as much as any other. To save y'all, my firstborn. So do this for me out of respect. And every woman's firstborn, not the man's firstborn, because if a man had many wives, either together or successively, his first child by each one of these women was a firstborn. And if a male was claimed by God, but if a female came first and then afterward a male, that male was not devoted to God because it was not the firstborn. And that applied to the firstborn of cattle too. And normally that would mean you sacrifice the firstborn. But God made a provision that, guess what, a lamb could take the place of people and also of other cattle. Later on in Numbers, Moses says they can give the price of a lamb if they don't have a lamb. And that's where we stopped reading. And then in the New Testament, we read Matthew 20, 29 through 21, 22. So they leave Jericho and a great multitude follows Jesus. Everywhere he goes, there's a crowd around him. It's no wonder he made the government nervous. And two blind men are sitting by the road crying out for healing. And the more the multitude told them to shut up, the louder they got. So Jesus healed them and boom, two more for the multitude. And in chapter 21, when they got near to Jerusalem, and were come to Bethphage, which means house of unripe figs, that'll be important later, right by the Mount of Olives, about a mile or so from the Jerusalem city center, Jesus sends two of his disciples to this little village about a couple miles south. He says, there you'll find an ass tied up with her colt. Bring them to me, and if anybody hassles you, say the Lord have need of them, because this was about fulfilling prophecy. So they went and got the donkeys and spread their clothes on the little one for a saddle, and the rest of the multitude spread palm fronds and their own clothes in his path, kind of like you do for a king, and worshipped him as the Messiah right there in public, in front of the Pharisees and everybody. And that's what we call Palm Sunday nowadays. In verse 12, Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. This was Jesus announcing himself as the Messiah, the king, and running all the crooks out of his house. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And they praised and worshipped him, which the Pharisees did not like. And they were like, tell your crowd of lowlifes to shut up. But of course he wouldn't do that. His time had finally come. So the next morning, Jesus is hungry, and he goes out and finds a fig tree with no figs on it. Because it's springtime, there should have been figs, but there weren't. So he cursed it, and said, let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And that sounds weird until you remember that the fig tree represents Israel, which has, or is just about to, depending on your perspective, rejected their Messiah. So when he cursed the fig tree, the Pharisees knew what he was really saying, that if you're not going to bear fruit, there's no reason to keep you around. And it didn't take long for God to switch his focus from Israel to the church. And that does not mean God has abandoned Israel. There's still a lot more for them to do. There's still the apple of his eye, but we'll get to that. But that's where we stopped reading. Yes, and the fig tree also served as a faith lesson for his disciples, demonstrating words have power over everything, especially our words as believers. Fig tree cursing and mountain moving faith are on the table. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 25, 16 through 22. And that's the second half of that Psalm. And David's praying for deliverance like he does. He says, turn thee unto me and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. Consider mine enemies, for they are many, 
and they hate me with cruel hatred. And that goes for all us Christians, too. We tend to self-segregate and be sheltered, and sometimes it's shocking when young Christians get out in the world and learn just how much the secular world hates us. They're always trying to shut us up or get us fired. In most countries, they just kill us. But what David says about all that is, Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Amen. Integrity and uprightness take courage. They take confidence in God. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 6, 12-15. And it's weird language, but basically what he's saying is, Wicked people, they may wink at you with their eyes, but watch what the rest of them's doing. He deviseth mischief continually. He soweth discord. You can't trust him, so steer clear. Because his calamity shall come suddenly, and suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. Yes, dear clear, don't share in their judgment. That will come suddenly and unexpectedly by them. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for February 1st is Exodus 13:17 through 15:18. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Sukkot and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud, to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire, to give them light, to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Chapter 14 And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pihaharoth, between Migdal and the sea, over against Baal-Zephon. Before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh, and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot, and took his people with him. And he took six hundred chosen chariots, and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with an high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, and his horsemen, and his army, and overtook them encamping by the sea, beside Pihiharoth, before Baal-Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians, than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will shew to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. 
But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry land through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh, and upon all his host, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them. But it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud, and troubled the host of the Egyptians, and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily. So that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Chapter 15 Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as an heap and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind, the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestina. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. 
By the greatness of thine arm they shall be as still as a stone, till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over, which thou hast purchased. Thou shalt bring them in, and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign for ever and ever. And our reading in the New Testament for February 1st is Matthew 21, 23-46. And when he was come into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching, and said, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I also will ask you one thing, which if ye tell me, I and likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, whence was it? From heaven or of men? And they reasoned within themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say unto us, Why did ye not then believe him? But if we shall say of men, we fear the people, for all hold John as a prophet. And they answered Jesus and said, We cannot tell. And he said unto them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether of them twain did the will of his father? They say unto him, The first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him. And ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe him. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard, and hedged it round about, and digged a winepress in it, and built a tower, and let it out to husbandmen, and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen, that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants, and beat one, and killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him, and cast him out of the vineyard, and slew him. When the Lord therefore of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? They say unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men, and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore say I unto you, The kingdom of God shall be taken from you, and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude, because they took him for a prophet. And our reading in Psalms for February 1st is Psalm 26, 1-12. A Psalm of David Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord. Therefore I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart, for thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers, and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash mine hands in innocency. So will I compass thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving, and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house, 
and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. Redeem me, and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an even place, in the congregations will I bless the Lord. And our reading in Proverbs for February 1st is Proverbs 6, 16-19. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. And that will do it for February 1st. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is about Exodus 3.12, where it says, And he said, Certainly, I will be with thee. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on having faith enough to act when we're called. Because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, when you called Moses to deliver the Jews from bondage, he replied that he was not up to the task, that it was something he didn't have the power to accomplish. You did not respond by saying, yes, you can. You said, that's okay, I'm going with you. How often have you called on us to do your will, only to be told we can't, or we're scared? Please, Father, work in us the faith of Aaron, who, when you called him, did not hesitate, but hurried to serve his Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yallin' I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody that's listening, and let this podcast be a some kind of help to them. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, what I really need is for y'all to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try not to make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. And the worldly churchianity dump, and the worldly churchianity, and the worldly churchianity denominations, that's hard to say, and the worldly churchianity denominations of the beast system.